0: Hi everyone, I love how chance meetings can lead to such meaningful meetings in this field of ours. Today is no exception. I met Lois in a PSASA chat where the topic was around hosting a podcast. I asked her to be our guest and she immediately agreed. For those who are interested, Sasa is PSASA, Professional Speakers Association of South Africa. I'm happy to introduce Lois Wagner to you. Lois has a deeply personal journey which she shares with us and I thank her for her vulnerability. I raise my hat to Lois for using her rape as a way to help others on a journey through fear to forgiveness and ultimately freedom. I'm not going to say a lot more because I feel her story must be heard firsthand. Lois can be found in numerous places on the World Wide Web. She has two websites. One is loiswagnercoaching.com and the other is walkingwithoutskin.com. The second website, Walking Without Skin, is also the name of Lois's book, which is available on Amazon. Walking Without Skin is also the name of her Facebook page. You can also find her own YouTube channel. On YouTube, just type in Lois Wagner. And you can also listen to her TEDx talk on YouTube. And you can go to either TEDx or do what I did. I just typed in... Lois Wagner TEDx talk, and I got right to it. I apologize for the tick, tick, tick sound you hear during this recording. It is the sound of my heater, (laughs) and uh, what the weather was like in Cape Town on that day. I couldn't be without my heater. I also want to formally apologize, calling Lois Lewis a few times during the chat, but um, it is what it is. Anyway, this podcast is supported by orangutans in the field, the podcast where Maribu and I talk about life stuff how it impacts our mental health, and how we deal with it. Catch this unedited, raw, sometimes hard-heating and always blatantly honest podcast on Anchor FM and IONO FM. Please also look out for information on my book, Life and Non, a 12-step guide to life for non-addicts. You can find it by following the link from the right of my homepage, which is www.freddy.org.za. It costs 300 rand without postage. Order from me in my shop, at www.fredyshop.co.za. This is Lois's story. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Lois, welcome to Meet Me in the Field.
1: Thank you, Freddy, and I'm so pleased to be able to meet you in the field.
0: <laughs> and here we are on a Friday afternoon on a very, very cold and stormy Cape Town. How are things in Johannesburg? How's the weather in Johannesburg?
1: It's quite pleasant today. The sun is shining and there's no wind, so it's actually very pleasant.
0: Oh, wow. Well. Oh, wow. Well. We've had so much rain in Cape Town. You But our dams are looking really, really good, so we're not complaining. After the, the, the drought of the past few years, this is really, really quite a relief. To open it, to open it up oh. and not worry. Lois, <laughs> you are currently in Johannesburg, and are you born and bred? Johannesburg, South African, or, 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 or where, where were you born and bred?
1: Born and bred in Johannesburg or in the West End of Johannesburg. Uh, I lived in Cape Town for 14 years and I lived ah. in the Middle East for 11, 11 years. Now I'm okay.
0: Back in and what brought you back?
1: My age, <laughs>
0: damn age! I
1: was, I was, um, I was sixty-four when I was in Oman in the Middle East, and they didn't want to renew my work visa because of my age, so okay. I had to come home.
0: You don't look like somebody of retirement age no, at all.
1: Sixty-six. Oh my
0: word! Wow. Well, life's been treating you very well, it seems. <laughs> You? <laughs> Hard, hardly a wrinkle <laughs> well Listen.
1: you know with modern technology you can do wonders <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i don't even have any filter on my screen mm-hmm. Louisa <laughs> <laughs> so you grew, we actually discovered that we grew up not too not too far away from each other about 10 10 years apart it 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 seems um and did you grow up in a in a, in a religious household or a spiritual household or What did that part of your life look
1: like it's actually quite an interesting story because we had to go to sunday school but my parents never went to church and uh and when i asked my mom why she never went to church she said it's because when she asked the poor fund she asked the church if she could get money from the poor fund to buy us kids shoes and they said no that's that's not for us whites so she refused to go back to church after that because they wouldn't help us with shoes. <laughs> so, Interesting. So, we, so we went to Sunday school, and uh, but it wasn't a very religious household.
0: Okay, okay. And well, we'll, we'll get to you to, to your to your endeavors in the East at the later stage because I'm very interested in, or well, the Middle East. Um, we'll, we'll we'll talk to that that at the later stage. And where where were you schooled?
1: Florida Park High was the only um, high school uh, in the region at the time. There are a few more now. So it was a very large school with people that were drawn from quite a large geographical area. So we were, uh, I think there were like 15 metric classes. each. Oh, wow. We were a huge school.
0: Good grief. That is ginormous. We were like in... Mm. Six six metric metric classes with about 30, thirty per class. That's that's huge. And what, what where did you go after school?
1: Well, after school, shortly after school, I met a man and it was a it was a choice, university or the man.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, drrr, what was the choice? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I chose the man. Um, my parents uh, I didn't get a good enough mark to get a bursary um, for varsity and my parents didn't approve of my choice and they refused to support me in varsity if I continued to see the man so I chose the man and got a job and went out into the market
0: oh my word why do men always win (laughs) (laughs) Like my like my athletics coach said to me when I stopped running. Um, I was at, at varsity uh, just after Varsity, she said to me, Hmm, so you discovered there are more there are nicer things to do than to train, did you? <laughs> so, so we, we discover very quickly in life there are far nicer things to do than sit sit in our and study, isn't it? <laughs> and, and 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 if you had a choice, what would you what what would you have qualified at? What did you have studied at, first at that age? Well, of- I,
1: wanted do, I always wanted to do journalism. Um, okay. And what, what really upset me was that I, I was going to go to Rhodes University I, I to study journalism. And then then somewhere along the, the, the line, I decided, no, I wanted to study psychology. But anyway, I never got to study any of that. Yeah. But what I'm doing now is probably a combination of psychology and writing so all those things oh, that cool. I wanted to do. are cool <laughs> actually incorporated yeah. into my life so
0: yeah why is it that so many people i meet who studied journalism went to rhodes was journalism not not offered by universities around around johannesburg or southern or um, um,
1: transvaal in those days time, at that time it was the only university that had journalism oh my word
0: okay that's interesting Oh cool. And and what did you what did you work as? We 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 where did a girl, a girl well, with a boyfriend was, go to to, to to earn a living?
1: <laughs> I was quite fortunate, I suppose, because you know we never had career guidance or anything like that. No, not at day. all. You become so a teacher or housewife. No <laughs> we had no <laughs> idea what options were available for us. So it was just sheer luck, I suppose. I landed up in the marketing department of a uh, a tobacco company okay. uh, in the market research department doing desk oh, research <laughs> and of course this is also way before computers and technology and had a <laughs> tabletop calculator <laughs> and used to do manual audits in the shops <laughs> so yeah so i did quite well in i only stayed there a year i got promoted twice in that year oh uh, and then i started studying marketing part-time Okay. Um, so I discovered marketing by default. <laughs>
0: so, okay. okay. And where did you then study marketing?
1: I did it through the Institute of Marketing Management. Oh, cool! IMM. So yeah, so I focused on marketing only. Okay.
0: And and that then became your career path moving forward. Am I correct?
1: It became my first career. <laughs> ah,
0: your, 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 your first career. And I um,
1: reinvented myself many times.
0: I do the same. I always, I've, I've never changed jobs, I've always changed career. It's like an, I, I, I would make a complete, complete, complete change. So, and what what other interesting paths did, 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 did life take you on? You sound well, sal- sal- as if there's a lot to talk about. So.
1: <laughs> oh, I could, I could have a five-hour chat to you. <laughs> you could
0: really entertain me for hours.
1: <laughs> but I think the, the, my marketing path, I had some really fantastic experiences. And, of course, the, the highlight of my marketing career was I was responsible for the launch of the roll Tempo chocolate.
0: Oh, wow. Anything, anything, anything to do with chocolate on pro.
1: <laughs> do, you, do you remember Tempo? You would have been... Yes. Yeah, it was a phenomenon at the time. It, it was just, it became, it became a phenomenon. The shopkeepers yeah. were hiding it under the counter and selling it at double the price and <laughs> because we just couldn't keep up with the demand. It was Amazing. just unbelievably successful.
0: Yeah. And who was the, 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 the manufacturer? Was it uh, Cadbury's? Cadbury. Was it yeah. Was it Cadbury's? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was, I, at that time, I was a brand manager at Cadbury. Wow. Now, when it comes to chocolate, I am pro. I actually don't care who, who the marketer is. I, I've got such a sweet tooth. Oh, my word. I really struggle, 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 struggle. And, of course, all older we get, we, we get them, we struggle to lose those pounds that we gain by eating all the chocolates as well.
1: So... <laughs>
0: Well, well done for contributing to a a good childhood memory. I'm very happy to hear that.
1: (laughs) It was fun. You know, also we broke every rule in the book at the time. In those days, first of all, the color blue was considered bad for food products, and we packaged it in blue. Secondly, we were the first company in South Africa to show a black man in an advert on oh. white television. Ach, me sis man. We had TV one, two, three, and four, and mm-hmm. uh, so we had to we had to film it in all the different languages. But it was a black man, and it was I think the breweries had started showing an advert where they had couple a black couple in a room Um, and a a white uh, couple in a room but they uh, weren't integrated but uh, here was one black man I got hate mail I got I got letters from people saying how can you put that black man on my television station
0: (laughs) you are not serious
1: I got lots of hate mail oh my word (laughs) And,
0: and and what drove your your kind of breaking the, the, the boundaries to use blue. I mean if if the industry says no blue, why would Lewis go and say, let's do blue? I was a rebel. <laughs> I <am> a
1: rebel.
0: <laughs> awesome. I like that. <laughs> I, I I I live I live my life I like, curiously through rebellious people. I'm far, I was my whole life I've been far too afraid to be a rebel. So, so I I have a lot of rebel friends because I could I could live with that, that that part of my life through there. And then what happened after marketing?
1: Well, I then went out on my own consulting, uh, marketing consulting first, and then management consulting and then organizational development consulting. And then I moved down to Cape Town. Okay. And uh, in Cape Town, I busked it for a a while. And then I did some market research search for a client and then went into business with that client in a digital printing company. And it was back in the day when we didn't even have color printers. So it was was like every advertising agency, every designer, every architect that would bring their little stuffy discs to us and we would play it out for them, <laughs> and uh, I remember it was thirty-five rand a print in those mm-hmm. days. Am I word. We
0: sold
1: <laughs> we thousands of them because everybody wanted colour prints.
0: Yeah. Oh my word! And what prompted the move to Cape
1: Town? Um, oh, I was working as a management consultant, mm-hmm. and I realised that I hated what I was doing. Uh, You know, as a management consultant, what you're doing is you're firing people, you're you're trying to, they call it right-sizing, but what you're doing is you're looking for surplus and helping your company save money. And I just, the, the last project that I worked on was in hospitals, and there I was walking through hospitals... Watching nurses to see what they were doing, to see where we could save money, and I thought, what what am I doing? You know, what do I know about nursing? What do I know about hospitals? And yeah, and everybody hated you. You know, they they were so afraid of their jobs. Yeah, they saw you coming, they walked away, or they walked faster, or they. And I just thought, what am I doing? You know, and so it was a little. It was like a. It was almost a, a, a breakdown, I suppose. I just said one day, this is nonsense. Yeah. I need a sign up on my wall saying everything for sale. And I literally opened my house and people came in and bought pictures of the wall and books off the bookshelves. <laughs> and I took my I took my radio, my TV, my clothes, packed it in a little convertible car, packed it in my car, and drove down to Cape Town.
0: Awesome. And did people think you went completely off your rocker?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and did you think you were going completely off your rocker?
1: No, it was, uh, it was an adventure.
0: Awesome. And then from there, you mentioned you, 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 lent, you ended up in the East. How did that
1: happen? Well, first of all, when I had the printing business, um, I was, as I say, in partnership And I was working late one night in my printing business and I was attacked. And and Ah. I've been left to bed. Oh my word. uh, Yeah. So it was obviously a dreadful experience. And I didn't want to work there anymore. And my partner offered to buy me out, but instead of buying me out, he betrayed me. And he put the business into liquidation and I lost everything and went deep into debt. So. No.
0: Yeah. Oh my so, word. Yeah. So how does one pick yourself up from something well, like that? It's a
1: long, so long story, but um, I became an activist, first of all. Um, it was at the time when we were coming out of democracy, out of apartheid into democracy. And I became an activist to change the constitution and the, the, the person who raped me was out on bail for rape and it was mm. just wrong he was out on bail and so I wanted to change the law and awesome. so I lobbied and petitioned and marched and did whatever I could um, and then I had to obviously get back into work so I went back into the corporate world, went back into marketing um, and yeah then eventually I started my own training company and um, which was uh, fairly successful. And then on a whim, I went for a year to Oman in the Middle East.
0: Why Oman?
1: Yeah, so I went for a year, but I stayed at 11.
0: Okay. And why Oman? Why
1: Oman? (laughs) I knew somebody, a friend of mine had gone there, And uh, I just thought, well, it's a year yeah, to go and explore something different. So it wasn't wasn't a a must go to Oman. It was, let's do something different for a year. Okay. Fell in love with the place and that was it.
0: Are you serious?
1: That's awesome. I would still be there today if they didn't kick me out.
0: Yeah. Wow. And... You, we, we can cut this out if you don't want to want to go go here because i know this is sensitive but going from the terrible experience of of, 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 of let's call it gender abuse to to a relatively conservative country in in terms of gender equation was was that a question for but did that raise doubt for you?
1: Not at all and and what's so important is that people must know that they have the very wrong idea about the Middle East, especially that part of the Middle East oh. you know, um, the the women there are as free as they want to be they can do what they want to do they choose or sometimes family traditions make them become more conservative but they don't have to cover they don't okay. have to do they the women are revered, um, and they can have their own businesses. They can do what they want. Okay. You know, they 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 ask you um, they ask you to respect their traditions by covering your shoulders and your knees. Yeah. Um, Which isn't
0: too too much of a price to pay.
1: It's, it's not at all. <laughs> and a lot of people, especially the tourists who came, you you would see them walking around in tiny shorts and shirt, skirts and things, and their boobs showing um but you know it was a very very accepting society
0: okay so you so you 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 fit in easily you 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 really like the place and you you stayed um i can nearly say beyond your welcome (laughs) 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 and 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 what did what did you do there
1: i did training and speaking and coaching
0: Now we get to the nitty-gritty. But before we get there, I want to... This is, after all, a a podcast about spiritual journeys. And I want to know... So what I'm hearing is that the the, 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 the terrible rape experience obviously caused you to to, to have some form of of, of awakening. You kind of, I want to stand up. I want to to fight what happened. Is is, is that how you felt at that stage? Was that the spiritual...
1: Yeah. Well, at first, it was just that anger, you know, in those days, the word rape was never mentioned in polite circles. Mm. <clears throat> and so um, it was like, what? How did this happen? Why did this happen? How could it happen? And so what did you do
0: to make it happen?
1: <laughs> and so I was really angry and so I wanted the world to know about it that yeah. this happens to ordinary everyday people mm-hmm. uh, a year before Alison had been attacked I don't know if you remember the story of Alison she was a Port Elizabeth girl she was attacked by two Satanists and brutally, brutally attacked um, and so her, her story became headline news but it was such an, uh, such an extreme story that it was like, you know, that that's extreme. And those yeah. extreme things are newsworthy and what have you. The yeah. ordinary rape, if yeah. you like, never got <gasps> talked about. You know? Oh. Um,
0: but What did that cost me? The ordinary rape? Right? <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> Amazing. And
1: so, and so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring that to the attention mm. of the world, saying that, you know, this it's not only those terrible extreme cases, but there yeah. are everyday cases, some not even as bad as mine in terms of the mm-hmm. physical aspect of it. Um, but people are getting raped all the time. And when I started doing the research and found out that one in four women were getting raped, mm. I just thought, this is crazy and nobody's talking about it. Obviously, yeah. it was way before the Me Too movement. I gave a talk to a women's group. There were 100 women in the group and I said to them, 25 of you in this room will be or have been raped mm. uh, statistically. And well, we that's, a, that's a scary story. thing to, to do. <laughs> and after the talk, when I was in the bathroom, three women came up to me and said, told me their stories, and I was the first person they had ever told. Wow. So wow that wow, was wow. three who had the courage to speak out about mm. it. So how many more are there who are not willing to speak? Yeah. So that started me on on the journey. But then life took over and I had to go back to work and get Mm. my life back together. So that all fell by the way for many years until I was in the Middle East. And I was there for a year and I was coming home for my first holiday. And I don't know what prompted me, but I decided to contact the prison authorities. The rapist had been given a 25-year prison sentence, which, is, which also was unheard of at the time. Uh, rapists were getting maximum 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I had a great prosecutor, <laughs> he got 25 awesome. years. Awesome. Um, but it's also because it was attempted murder, not just, just the oh, rapist. Oh, wow.
0: And because yeah. he was out on parole.
1: Yeah. And. He was out on bail, it was out on
0: bail. Bail, okay,
1: out on bail, okay. Yeah, so I was coming, and in those in those 14 years, I'd never inquired as to what had happened to him. You know, we get these pressure release in the prisons where they when the prisons are overcrowded, they let people off, we have a presidential pardon. Yeah. So I'd never inquired whether he was still in jail, but for some reason, coming home, I decided to find out. And so I contacted the authorities and they said that he was up for parole the day after I arrived in Cape Town. Oh, no and I said, wow, that is just too much of a coincidence. And then, secondly, the law had just recently changed a few months before, allowing victims, as they call them, of serious crime to attend parole hearings. So I was the first person in South Africa to go to a parole hearing.
0: Are you serious? I'm amazed. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, oh, so, yeah. so, everyone said I mustn't go. While I was I going? I was going to get triggered, I was going to get hurt. And I said, No, the universe has spoken. You know, the, the there's just too much saying that I must go. Yeah. Synchronicity, yeah, the, the, the coincidence,
0: the synchronicity, just too do, do, do clearly.
1: Just, yeah. Yeah. So, I had to go. And um, one friend of mine, um, a, a Christian man, he said to me, Lois, you've got to forgive him. <laughs> what? <laughs> he must be mad. <laughs> yeah. He's crazy, crazy, crazy. How can I forgive what this man did to me? Yeah. Because as a result of what he did to me, I lost the business and went into yeah. debt. and, and well, Your whole life changed
0: because of it.
1: Yeah. I had uh, physical problems as a result. Mm. Anyway, so... But he got me thinking and I Googled forgiveness and I found so much stuff on forgiveness. It was a bit overwhelming. Mm. And I prepared a a, a speech just in case. (laughs) I didn't really think I would ever use it. And uh, so I went off to Haldestrum Prison in the uh, beyond Caledon, out that way. I can't even remember where it is. Oh, my word. It's about two hours drive from Cape Town. Yeah. and I went to the prison went to the parole hearing and when they asked me if I had anything to say I read my speech which didn't make much sense it was a bit academic and as I was reading it I thought Oh, this is so blah, blah, blah <laughs> Louis,
0: he, what are you doing
1: <laughs> and he had a standard sixth education and English wasn't his first language and I thought well he doesn't understand this so I just said to him you know i I, I said words to the effect of i want to forgive you compassionately and completely and i take the responsibility from my higher self and i hand it back to your higher self and i take back my power wow and and as i said it i realized that i actually meant it and Mm. it was instantaneous that freedom that liberation for me the, the authorities said that they would let me know in seven days if he got parole or not and I said no, I don't need to know, I don't want to know I don't have to know uh, because um, I have broken that tie that, is, that had been had me bound to him for all those years Yeah. Um, wow, and amazing! And I didn't walk out of that prison I flew out of that prison
0: Isn't it amazing that there aren't Processes that we can follow in life, that 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 literally takes weight off our shoulders and just sets us free. I remember the first the day that I did my first what we call in I mean I'm in recovery for addiction when I did my first um step five, where, where I kind of I shared my fearless and moral inventory to my sponsor. And one of the, the second last question in the the guide that we do is, do you have any secrets that you still carry with you? And I shared in that Saturday in that Saturday afternoon, I shared thirteen secrets that I thought I would take to the grave with me. I shared with another human being, and it literally felt as if he handed me hundred helium balloons, and I just started floating. It was the most amazing feeling. And it's kind of really what, what what I feel from you just looking at your face. You know what I'm talking I
1: about. Get, <laughs> I get goosebumps as you, as you were saying that because it is so true. You know, when you speak your truth, when you be authentic and and you be vulnerable, it's it's the first step towards freedom. It really um, is. Um, so, me, so, so, so. And especially the older generation, the younger generation now is starting to be a lot more open and, yeah. and free with their words. But our gen- well, my generation and probably your generation, we were told, you know, mm. you, you, especially when you're little, you know, you'd be seen and not heard. And so we never, we never yeah. were allowed to speak up. Yeah. Um,
0: you and, build a bridge over it and carry on with your life. You just kind of pretend it. You know,
1: get over it. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Get over it. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And that brings me to something I found on your website. You do um, retreats. And you yes, call them well, fear fear COVID. to forgiveness to freedom.
1: Yeah. Well, COVID has stopped retreats for the moment. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but 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 let, let's say you still do them because I really want you to still do them. Fear to forgiveness to freedom. That sounds wonderful. Tell us okay, a little so bit about that. Is, about that.
1: Yeah, so take people on a, on a journey f- physically and emotionally, working really with the emotions. When when you've been traumatized, any kind of trauma, it doesn't have to be a, a rape or, or that kind of trauma. It could be the loss of a job or an accident or any any kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you become a victim and it's, you know, oh, woe is me. Oh, life is terrible and I hate you and I hate life and I blame you and I'm guilty and, and, and. And all those negative emotions so you become that victim so i help people in overcoming those negative emotions and replacing them with positive emotions so it's so important that you acknowledge your emotions again people say oh, get over it you know time will time will heal one of the worst expressions ever
0: <laughs> time will just push a more bullshit on top of what we're suppressing that's all that time does <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and so mm-hmm. I say, no, you, you, those emotions are there for a reason. You've got to feel mm. those emotions. Mm. So you feel them, you acknowledge them, you you work with them, and then you move on to something better. So that is the first step. You then, you, you develop your resilience. And with me, I developed my resilience immediately. I didn't deal with the emotions. I missed that first yeah. step. I uh, um, went straight into resilience, and what resilience is, it's where you've got the courage and the creativity to 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 reframe, refocus, and redirect your energies. It helps you get back to a, a normal, meaningful life. Um, you, you may never get back to exactly where you were before, but you can get some kind of great life again. Yeah. So that's where the resilience comes in, and that's when you become a survivor. But for me, surviving is still a struggle. And so you then move on to to, uh, developing your grit. And your grit is where you forge forward with new passion, new direction, new goals, aspirations. And you forge forward with passion and perseverance and persistence Mm -hmm. until you become empowered and you start thriving. Oh, wow. And then when you're thriving, you can develop a, a benefit mindset and a growth mindset where you've learned from your experience and you start giving back to other people. So not everybody does that, but a lot of people, once they've reached that point, they want other people to to get to that point without having the struggles that that we face to get there. Okay. That is a strong
0: we, sentence, right? We, 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 we want to get back.
1: And then the final step is forgiving, Um, Mm -hmm. forgiving yourself. So you have to forgive yourself for the hatred. Hatred is a terrible emotion. I had to forgive myself for working late that night, for not knowing how to fight because I fought this man with everything I'd had, but it wasn't enough. I didn't know how to fight. Mm -hmm. And so I had to forgive myself for not knowing how to fight. And then I had to forgive myself for drinking too much afterwards to try and drown the pain. Uh, so there's a lot of things you need to forgive yourself for and it's again it's not getting over it it's saying i did it for a reason i understand how it served me and i now need to forgive myself Mm. because at the time i did the best i knew how to do and then you do the same with with the perpetrator uh, Mm. and you forgive that as well and that's where freedom comes so I work a lot with freedom and forgiveness and how to, how to learn how to forgive so mm. that it really is a lasting, a lasting emotion. Yeah. And you can't forgive. You know. People say, oh, I'll never forgive that person. When you're in the victim mode or even in the survivor mode, you can't forgive because you're dealing with the situation. You're dealing with the emotions and you're not in a position to forgive. So it's only when you've, you've dealt with those earlier phases um, that you can forgive, yeah. but also it's not a linear journey, you know you go up and down and you can be a thriver and then something triggers you mm. and you fall back into victim again so it, you, you need to know that everybody's journey is is different And yeah. uh, but once you forgive you don't fall back again I don't get triggered anymore
0: Fantastic so, uh, so much came up for me while you were chatting now and this is I'm having so much fun. This is wonderful. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for, for, for chatting to me. This is really awesome. I, I knew there was a reason why why I had to contact you. <laughs> yes, this is exactly you. so. A few things came up. The one is that, and I don't know if you if you, if you agree with me, but I believe we were well, taught, taught in trusted fellowships that we can only give what we 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 can only keep what we have by giving it away. But before we can give it away, we must have it. And I, I feel like that with forgiveness is I had to give my, forgive myself first for, for all the crappy decisions that I've made in my life. so that I could have forgiveness and then go and forgive other people. Also, if, if, if I don't have forgiveness, I won't recognize it when I get it. But w- once I had it, I, I could recognize it when I got it. So that was an that was interesting thing about for, forgiveness for me then um, the second one is, when you spoke about the ups and downs, the, the, the resilience, is I explained to, to a client this morning um, that I look, at, I look at situations where people say, but I can't believe I'm still struggling with this. I've dealt with this. And my, my feeling is we, you, you may have dealt with it at that level, but you're a different person today. And I, I think of it as sticking a pen into an onion. So the pen is the issue that we're dealing with. And then we peel a layer of the onion, but the pen stays, the pen stays, the pen stays. So so we just deal with it at another level, and a deeper and deeper level constantly. So for any listeners who think that I can't talk about this issue because I've dealt with it, I don't think that's necessarily true. We we, we can reach a level of um, resilience on that level where we are in our lives, but then we move on and we, we, we get to the pen again. And then we need to deal with it there and there and there. So that, 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 that's just interesting that that came up for me. Um, let,
1: me let me just sh- share another story with you. Please do. But uh, you know, because I was this activist and I was out there trying to change the world, everybody was saying to me how proud they were of me, how bold and strong and brave I was. And yeah, it felt pretty good. Look at me. Look how brave and strong I am. Mm. Everybody was complimenting me on my strength. Yeah. And uh, Two, three years later, one morning, I just couldn't get out of bed. And I went, uh, my back and my legs were just not working. Um, Scans and and x-rays and doctor's appointments, I had to have a back operation. Mm -hmm. So I had a back operation, it failed. I didn't even get out of hospital, I had a second back operation, it failed. Uh, At the time, I was a very keen scuba diver and hiker, And the surgeon said that I would never hike with scuba dive again because I would never be able to carry anything on my back. But I was sent home. Um, The the medical aid wouldn't keep me in hospital anymore. I was sent Mm. home with a home nurse for a while. And I was basically bedridden for six months. Oh, my word. I was totally and completely incapacitated. And then two things happened. A, A doctor friend of mine who had been out of the country when I'd had the operation, he came and he looked at all my x-rays and things and he said he can't see why they operated. He can't see anything in my x-rays mm-hmm. and scans. And then my sister, who's unfortunately no longer with us, she um, was an alternative healer. And she, I, I got drunk drink for one night. <laughs> and she said to me, she was so angry with me and she said, pull yourself together. She said, there's nothing wrong with you. It's all in your head. <laughs> and she said, The theory was that I wasn't facing my problems, because I was so bold and so strong, I wasn't facing those problems, and I was putting them behind me and putting them behind me and putting them behind me until my back couldn't hold it anymore and my back collapsed.
0: Mm. You were carrying too much.
1: Yeah, and so when I sat down and I thought about that, I thought, okay, now what's this about? And it's because I hadn't dealt with that anger and that hatred and all of those feelings I had when I was attacked. I hadn't dealt with my own shortcomings that I didn't know how to fight and I felt guilty. Um, And and so I I did some head work. I did some psychological work um, on myself. I didn't go to a therapist, but I did some deep internal work and I went for eight chiropractic treatments and I did a five-day hike with a 29-kilogram backpack on my back.
0: You go, girl. <laughs> awesome. That's a beautiful, beautiful story. And and it really so, shows that.
1: It's just so important that you have to deal properly mm. with those emotions mm. because it does come back and it can haunt you in ways later on in your life. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I um. It, 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 it's such a dichotomy. We we people say, "Well done for being strong." What you actually needed to do was be vulnerable. That was the but appropriate. I was, I was the, the appropriate. being
1: vulnerable, but I wasn't. I wasn't saying, "Help me, help me. I need your support. Mm. I, was, look, I can I can do this on my own."
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Tell me a, a a concept that that that's popping into my head the whole time while while we're talking is that speaking at the at, at the bail hearing would you say that was an an, an an act of taking your power back
1: absolutely and completely totally and completely it was at that point that it really uh, became fully empowered yeah. and i took my power and it set me free
0: because up until that stage you gave him the power because you held onto to resentment the guilt the
1: and, and even, getting, though, even though. though, especially especially in the last few years, I never thought about it much. You know, he was out of sight, out of mind. But your subconscious knows, you know, it's there. And even though mm-hmm. you're not consciously thinking about it, yeah. it's there in your life all the time. And if somebody walked up behind me, I would get such a fright. Now, if somebody walks up behind me, say, what do you want? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah know, totally it, so. doesn't,
1: it doesn't trigger me anymore because yeah. I've dealt with it. I've, I've really had a deep internal sense.
0: Cellular level, I've dealt with that. Yeah. I spoke to a girl this morning who said to me that she's really struggling to sleep. And we went through a bit of chatted and um, she's busy working on, on, on two projects that has to do with sexual abuse. And I said to her, Have you been sexually abused? Yes. <laughs> okay, all right, fine. Now I know why you can't sleep. <laughs> no, but I dealt with it with a, with, a, with a therapist and that that's where I, I relate the story about the the, the, the pen in the onion um, you know it, 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 we, we need to go there again and again and again until we can take our power back but that's, that's such a wonderful story it's such an empowering story and is that what your speaker engagements are about this this thing this, this so taking your power back so
1: that's basically what I do you know, that's what I do today, is I coach people. Um, I'm not a therapist, I'm a coach, but I coach people in terms of dealing with their emotion to develop their resilience, to build their grit, and to forgive.
0: Awesome. And you you call yourself a conversational intelligence coach. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: That is a happy, sad story. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the founder of conversational intelligence um, she passed away uh, maybe two years ago now, um, and there's only about two thousand of us around the world who are oh, well. certified coaches with this methodology. Um, she was just the most amazing, amazing person, and um, I trained with her for a year, and then I supported her on the next year's training course. Um, so it's really embedded into me conversational intelligence, and it's really about conversation, it's about how you use your language, how you use your words, um, the power of communication, and how we use our words uh, to benefit other people. Um, And so that's what I work with a lot on on language. Fantastic.
0: Oh, wow, that's awesome. Now Lewis, if somebody listened to this, and they they, they feel as inspired as I am at the moment, where, where do they get hold of you?
1: It's very easy walking without skin walking without skin is the name of my book it's the name of my web page and it's the name of my facebook page so you can't forget walking without skin if you google it you'll find me you
0: said it's book facebook and web okay
1: yeah and i've got a i've got a youtube channel as well um it's currently called lois Wagner. But uh, I'm trying to change it to walking without skin as well. I've got, a, I've got a TEDx talk as well. Oh, wow.
0: Awesome. Um, and could, can they find the TEDx by, by, by Googling Lewis Wagner TEDx?
1: Yeah, if they, type up, if they go to the TEDx YouTube and type in my name, I'll come up.
0: Awesome. Oh, wow. That sounds wonderful.
1: And I'm sure i found you on
0: Lewis Wagner
1: Coaching. Yes. Now, I've got two web pages Okay. I, because initially, because I've spent my whole life in the corporate space, my initial thing when I returned to South Africa was to continue in the corporate space. So I started Lewis Wagner Coaching which is still there, but I don't focus on that. I focus more now on the personal development side, on the forgiveness side, and that's the walking without skin side. Awesome. And your book is invention.
0: Fantastic. And where can one get your book?
1: It's on Amazon, and it's in some exclusive books. Uh, If you go to an exclusive books and ask them, they'll always order it if, if they don't have it. Uh, so are cool. available in the books. i'm going to order my copy right now
0: <laughs> lois i want to thank you and i realize i kept on saying Louis, as in as in yes, as in I louise guess. as in louise that that's where my heat was going so it's lois um i want to thank you so 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 much i it was it was so wonderful to thank to you to get to know you better and for, for 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 putting yourself out there and say oh Freddie, i'll do this chat so I thank, thank you, you very, for- very much. I hope you, you get a book signed up too and I hope some people come to you for for some coaching because this really sounds like a type of thing that the world needs. So well done. And thank you very much.
1: Thank you. And thank you for this uh, opportunity to share my story. And I invite all the listeners to fly free. I
0: like that. With Lois, look after yourself. Have a wonderful weekend. See you.
1: Thanks, Freddie. Really.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. I have clicked the necessary clicks and bought Lois's book. I cannot wait to read it. I thank Lois from the bottom of my heart for her courage and vulnerability to meet us in the field and sharing her amazing journey with us. I wish her all of the best on the sale of her book, her talks, and her workshop of healing people through fear to forgiveness and to freedom. All the information about those workshops and retreats are available on her website. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddie Counselor, or on Twitter at, at Rinsburg Freddy, or Instagram at Freddie Counselor. Remember that Freddie is always spelled with an I-E at the end. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.